On this episode, we talk about all the new things in Windows 10, Surface Phone, and a few FYIs for the enterprise. This is the Sam Report. Today is April 8th, 2016, and this is the post-build Sam's Report. So, last week was crazy, uh, this week was crazy, there's a lot of crazy things going on at Therat and Petri, and I'll give very high-level things I'm not supposed to talk about too much, but all good things, all good things. So just kind of some quick high-level stuff here. Uh, if you missed it, I was on Windows Weekly this week on Wednesday, and Mary Jo Foley was sick. Actually, she was sick last Friday, if you looked at uh, Windows Weekly when she was on. Um, her voice was out, and it's still not recovered, and so I filled in. Fun stuff. Make sure to check that out. Link's on throughout, where you can go to Windows Weekly, and you'll find all the good stuff. Other things that are happening logistics-wise, we have a new writer on Therat. Paul and I have conjured up to get Raphael Riviera. Uh, many of you know him as Within Raphael. He is now joining the Therat family, or the Blue Well Web family, or the Petri family, or whatever you want to call it. But he will now be writing on Therat, not in a super high frequency, but in the way that only Raph can do. First off, he got a HoloLens. Um, actually, he got two of them, I think. And so he's really technical and he can break apart things that Paul and I cannot. So he is going to be now writing, um, hopefully once or twice a month, just kind of when he has time. But he's agreed to, you know, give us some content. He's got a couple posts out already. And so just kind of be on the lookout for that. He's, uh, he's <laughs> crazy smart. So I'm happy that he was able to join us. Um, next week, I am going to be in New York City. So... If you're in the area, um, actually, I don't know how much free time I have. I'm coming in um, Thursday and I'm leaving late Friday night. So I'm sure we'll go to Rattle and Hum at some point during that and hang out with Mary Jo. But Paul and I will both be there along with some other people from Blue Well Web. Um, for those not familiar, Blue Well Web is the holding company for Petri and Throt. Some other of those people will be there. We've got some big announcements coming. Not so much going to impact you right away, uh, but... Some of the stuff we are working on, so if you remember Therat and Petri for that matter, used to look like a dumpster fire uh, when I started, and it was my conviction to change them up and make them better. So we got the first design out, and now we're working on some really big stuff, and I don't, I, I don't, I don't think I'm allowed to go into what it is yet, but there is some big changes coming to Therat, and for the better, right? It's going to be features you've asked for, uh, improvements across the site, better, just better stuff is coming. So I don't have any sort of timeline. We haven't even started coding it yet, but it is in the works and hopefully it will come together very quickly. And that's what I'm hoping. We're, uh, yeah, no, this should be all good things, all good things. So let's just dive in here, shall we? And make sure I didn't miss any of the, yes. Okay, I wanted to make sure I didn't miss anything. I was going back through my notes here. And let's just dive right into the big stuff this week, right? Skype still sucks. So, <laughs> finally lost finally lost it with Paul. And I'm not going to... I know I've done it many times in this podcast. And I'm not going to go into the issues with Skype. Because they're there. But finally, just kind of lost my mind on this stuff. And wrote up a nice post on Throt. Uh, went crazy with the comments. And, yeah, you can go check that out. Skype, still terrible. No hope on the horizon. I gave him a whole bunch of feedback, gave him my logs, gave him everything. And not that this stuff's going to be fixed in a week, but it'd be nice if they just came out with a post that just said, hey, you know what? We're aware of the issues. We're abreast. We're working on them. We're going to make this right. But yeah, so nothing on the Skype front. 
it's what somebody should build here. This would be crazy. If somebody could build a Skype contact out extrapolator, uh, export your contacts out of Skype and build another platform that would allow you to ingest those and transfer all your content to another uh, communication platform, I think that would actually be pretty crazy and actually really, really useful, to be honest. Really, really useful. But anyways, so Skype, yep, still sucks. Nothing new. And let's go kind of talk on to the bigger stuff this week. So Outlook Premium. I actually got this from a tip from a reader and appreciate it uh, to the person who sent it over. They did ask not to be named, but they actually got into the Outlook Premium. And what's different about this is that their their, um, prompt to join the program said you're going to get it free for a year. And then after that, it's $3.99 a month. So there's a couple of thoughts here. We had originally seen that Outlook Premium was going to be free for Office 365 users. I think that might still be the case. I'm not hearing anything that uh, contradicts that, but I haven't heard a whole lot, to be honest. But nothing is saying that's not still correct. I believe this $3.99 a month is going to be if you do not have Office 365. And so at 4 bucks a month, um, I don't know why you wouldn't buy Office 365 is what, like 6 or 7 bucks a month, or you can buy it uh, for a year off of Amazon um, if you find the right sales and all that good stuff. So just kind of keep that in mind. I would not pay $3.99 for what it is. It's ad-free. You get some domains and some sharing contact stuff. I don't think it's worth 4 bucks a month, but I think they're trying to say, hey, you know what? If they're going to pay 4 I bet we can get them to pay 6 or 7 for Office 365. And so there it is. It's $3.99. People were writing that this is going to be the only way to get it. I still think it's going to be free with Office 365 regardless. Uh, I think that's a nice little bonus for subscribing to the, the feature. And I can't imagine Microsoft makes much money from the ads. I mean, there's one ad and whatever. So Outlook Premium, $3.99. $3.99. We'll see. We'll see what happens. And again, this is still in the pilot phase. This is not like broad scale availability. So they might fluctuate. They might go $1.99, might go 99 cents. Who knows? Who knows what they're going to do? But they're just piloting. They're doing some elasticity testing on the pricing. And we'll see what happens. Um, Other things with Outlook, Outlook, I still don't have the new theme. (laughs) I know that it is rolling out, at least appears to be rolling out. Um, Some people say they've got it. I even did sign up. There was a link... uh, that Paul shared that says, hey, you can opt in early. So I did opt in early. Still don't have it. But yeah. So Outlook, whatever, it works. Um, But really, the big news of the week, right? The big news of the week. The Windows 10 dropped a gargantuan new build on us. And not necessarily in terms of size, but this has been the feature pack that I think many people have been waiting for. And I kept saying, I wrote it several times, I said it um, last week, that I thought Microsoft had more up their sleeve than what they announced on stage. And lo and behold, look what they pushed upon us. They gave gave us a gift of many new features. So let's just kind of hit them here. Uh, As I noted, um, Dark Theme is coming. I think I scooped that one a little bit or whatever. Gabe announced it, or didn't announce it, but he kind of hinted at it. And I went and asked some people and said, hey, yeah, Dark Theme's in there. You go into Settings, Options, Personalization, bam, hit the Dark Theme. And so, yeah, you can check out the Dark Theme now. And you just go into the Settings and your Personalization Options. And you can do Dark and Light. Now, the Light Theme is what you currently have. Even though the Light Theme is kind of dark. Because if you look at the taskbar, it's pretty dark. It's black or whatever color. I guess you can change it with your personalization color. But the light theme 
is more so tied into the universal app platform. And like if you open the Windows Store, it's gonna be white. If you go to the dark theme, it's gonna be dark. And a crazy concept here. But really it's one of those things that you've been able to turn on for a while through registry tweaks, uh, but now they're making it real simple. And dark theme is here. Now there's a little issue and I think it's a bug. So some of the title bars aren't dark or colored when you switch to the dark theme, but sometimes if you like drag them around or reopen the apps, they will. I think it's just a bug. I think the title bars will eventually adopt the correct theming. But if you don't see that initially, because I did not just know that it might be a bug and hopefully in the later revision, uh, we'll get all that good stuff. A feature that should have been included from Windows since ever since they announced Windows Update many decades ago. You can now put in what's called active hours. And during these active hours, Windows will not install, install an update. This is great. You just set a time period, and during that time period, Windows Update will not install an update and cause you to restart, lose any data, or all that good stuff. It's a nice feature. Uh, there's been a similar feature in the Windows Update for Business uh, they've been talking about. And so it's nice to see that this actually makes it down to the consumer grade because it makes a lot of sense. You just set your normal operation hours, and then you don't have to worry about freaking Windows Defender updates installing in the background or doing whatever. So good job, Microsoft. That's actually a pretty big feature. Unfortunately, it's pretty nested right now. Hopefully they get some more visibility into it and, and allow people to adjust this more accordingly. Otherwise, we'll just write it up and hopefully people will see that. But right now it's not very obvious or intuitive to get to it. But hey, it is there. So there's updates to the battery saving experience, as Microsoft calls it. Just improvements to uh, the battery saver feature. But Cortana is getting quite a few additions. And Microsoft talked about some of the additions on stage last week, but now we have low battery on your PC. It will tell you when your phone battery is low. You can also now find your phone by asking Cortana. And you can also share map directions across devices, which is great. I think we have all done this. You, you go on maps and you punch in an address and then you gotta go copy it to your phone. Now, if you had one clip that Microsoft has not yet released, you could just copy it on your clipboard and copy and paste because that would be super easy if Microsoft would ever release one clip. That pauses for Microsoft engineers who are listening to go scurry about and then find out where one clip is and get it pushed out the door because I really, really want one clip. But hey, Cortana is gonna allow you to do this function functionality when it arrives. Um, it's only in the fast ring right now. That's important to note that all these features are fast ring only. Yeah, fast ring only for now. Microsoft has only released one slow ring, which we'll talk about here in a minute. So Bash, Bash is now on Windows 10. Um, Bash via Ubuntu. So if you want to get this, you it's not you just download the ISO install and you have Bash. You have to jump through a few hoops. Uh, make sure to check out Microsoft's blog post on how to get it installed. But once you do, you can run Bash on Windows. And being the, the cordial person that I am, the first thing I tried to do was see if I could destroy my file system with Bash. Now I was running in a, in a, a VM and I did the remove files and did the backward slash and that should have deleted all the substructure of my file system. But as Scott Henselman pointed out to me, and thankfully Microsoft did this, the Linux root is not the same as Windows root. So if you do the basic destruction commands, and if anybody who's screwed around in Linux long enough knows a handful of them off the top of their head, it will not destroy the file substructure of your installation. Now, it is possible to totally screw your system if you want, because you can mount C uh, within there and then delete everything on C if you really wanted to. But really, where these destructive commands came into play was when an unknown user would be like, hey, what does this command do? And they see it in an IRC chat room, and then they paste it in in their bash shell, and then they're 
system is destroyed. Uh, that's really what I was kind of getting at with my post is that for the novice user, you know, these old Linux bash jokes are no longer really relevant. So it's not that they're no longer relevant. I shouldn't use that term, but they don't really destroy Windows in the same way unless you convince them to mount their C drive. And then it's a little bit longer of a command, which much looks much more malicious. And so, I don't know, you can only do so much, right? But Bash is fully implemented. It can destroy your system if you know what you're doing and mount the right, correct drives. But at a basic root, Linux root does not equal Windows root. And there you go. Um, other new things in this. Skype Universal Windows Platform app is now part of the build. So Microsoft, I, I scooped this as well. I was able to get my hands on it um, as long with a couple other people. But the Universal Windows Platform Skype app is now shipping with Red Windows 10 Redstone. And it is as glorious as you can make any Skype app be. Uh, you can go check it out. It works. I mean, it's Skype. It's the Skype you know and probably don't love. But it's Skype and, yeah, it works for the most part-ish. What was interesting is that there was no OneDrive app. Uh, I know it exists because I have it. Um, I was able to get my hands on that as well. So where's the OneDrive app? I would imagine that's coming in a future release here. I would imagine it can't be too far along because, well, I have it and it seems to work just fine. But a new OneDrive uh, app for Universal Windows Platform should be coming very soon. What else is in this? New extensions. So OneNote Clipper, a pin it button, which is Pinterest, and the Reddit enhancement suite has been updated. Uh, for those of you who are looking for a good Twitter plugin, and I know Mahidi is listening, I highly recommend uh, Tweetin is now available, uh, updated for the current version. And so that's a really good plugin. And so I highly recommend that. So Tweetin, yeah, give it a go. Action Center has a couple new updates. Let's see, we get a number, ability to limit the number of notifications on an app level basis. So currently it is set to three, but uh, you can change it to whatever. You can change it and update it and do all that good stuff. And that's kind of a nice thing. So if you have one app, I'm looking at you basic Twitter app, which used to send tons of notifications. You can now limit it to three, one, whatever, whatever your heart's desire. Uh, but it's a good thing that they did that. And there's also a new prioritization um, mechanism for alerts. So you can set priorities for push notifications or push notifications, toast notifications on the desktop. And so that's coming to uh, in this release. And that's not all folks. There's I, like when I started writing this post, it came out and usually what I do is I snap the blog post to the right and open up a Word document on the left and I just start writing. You know, you do your writing and then you scroll and then you do some writing more and then I just kept scrolling and scrolling and scrolling and scrolling and there are a lot of features because we're not even done. So new emojis. Uh, Microsoft has completely updated the emojis in this build and they basically just made it match the modern design language or Microsoft design language, it should say. Do they even use modern design language terminology anymore? I haven't heard it in a while. But yeah, so new emojis, uh, if that's your bag or your cup of tea, you know, Microsoft redid them and they do look much better. The mo worst emojis in the world at this current time are what uh, Google uses in the YouTube live mechanism. Those are the worst emojis I've ever seen. Microsoft's look pretty good and whatever, they're, if that's what you want, they're done. Um, another kind of substantial update, at least from a visual perspective, is Microsoft is doing away with the black ring. Now, the black ring, we have fast and slow and pre-production and pre-whatever. No, no, no. The black ring is that ring that Microsoft used when you would update a build of Windows 10. So if when you went from, two, what was it, 295 to 316 or whatever the builds are this week, 
during that process, it would go to this black screen and it was a nice ring and it gave you a production or a, how long it was taking you to update and where you were in the process. And it was just whatever. It was a splash screen and showed all this content. So Microsoft, and I think I understand why they're doing this, is doing away with that. Now when you upgrade builds, it goes through the classic Windows Update blue screen. Not a blue screen of death, but the screen that has the little spinny dots and it says how many um, updates you have to install, where it is in the process and whatnot. So what they're doing here is, I think, it, I think this makes complete sense. They're making the update process going from build to build look much more like they're just installing a simple Windows update. They don't want it to make it look like this whole new thing. Because if you think about it from the, cons the consumer perspective, that they have only installed one new build. So they had the initial release, and then they installed the one in November. What was it, November? And you can imagine that consumer comes to their PC and says, oh my God, what is Windows doing? What is this black screen and this ring thing? And they've only ever seen it once. But if it, they come to their PC and they see the blue screen um, with the update same information, how far along the process it is and what's going on, they're gonna feel much more comfortable because they recognize that screen, they understand what it is, and I think that makes sense. So that is another big change. Um, virtual desktops, man, virtual desktops getting some love here. So now you can now pin a window so that it will show up on any virtual desktops. I actually quite like this feature. So for example, Skype. If you want Skype to show up on every desktop, virtual desktop you have, you right mouse click on it, go to pin to desktop, and it will show up on every single desktop. I really like this feature. I think this one was a pretty smart addition. One thing that's not in this build, uh, along with the OneDrive app, I've been hearing for a while that Microsoft had been working on a file explorer for the universal Windows platform. I, I cringe at the idea that they'd ever truly get away from File Explorer. I don't know, maybe they will. I hope not. Um, File Explorer is pretty amazing, especially if you've ever used the OSX uh, version of whatever File Explorer is, Finder. It's terrible. So I've heard for a while that they're working on a File Explorer Universal Windows um, app. We haven't seen that either. I wonder if that's still coming. I don't know. I can't imagine they would scrap it, but yeah. So... Who knows, that was not in here. I hope we do see it at some point. Man, so that's the new build. I'm curious if anybody else has had any issues. Uh, one of the things that I found hilarious was that Paul could not get it to install. Actually, he switched to the fast ring, and when you switch to the fast ring um, from non-insider, I don't know if it does it on the slow, it could take up to 24 hours. So it took Paul quite a while uh, to actually get this build, and I was harassing him, which is one of my favorite pastime activities. But I'd be curious if anybody else has run into any other issues. I saw that there was somebody who had a device with a SIM in it, a, not a phone, but a SIM slot. And in Windows 10, I think there's a new way to create your uh, tablet, it was in this case, into a hotspot. So I think that's uh, potentially another new feature. And let me know if you find anything else. I think there's going to be quite a few things still tucked away. Um, I had heard internally at Microsoft that all of the basic code structure is done not the visual stuff but just the underlying features have been implemented and now they're working on the visual aspects so i would imagine here over the next few weeks of updates this is going to be kind of like prime time for updates i think last week was an, a massive update and we're going to start to see quite a few more things coming which should put to bed the people who were freaking out when that build last week they announced three things um they announced inking, some Cortana updates, and a few other things. But as we can see, Microsoft has a lot more up its sleeve that's going on in the Windows Redstone world. Or should I call it the anniversary update? Still don't like the name. I don't... 
I don't know how I'm going to get over that, but whatever. It's the, I mean, you can just imagine the, the tech support call from some grandmother, and they're like, are you running the fall update or the anniversary update? It's. I wish they would just call it whatever, July 16 update, which is probably what the build, what they will refer to it. But anyways, because the last one was 1511, which was November 11th, or November uh, 2015. So this one should be really just Windows 10, uh, 16... 07 or something like that so anyways moving you know it's hard to move away from windows because i really like this update um speaking of updates so microsoft pushed out a slow ring build uh was it 295 or something like that last week and that build is garbage i'm really surprised they did this i have it on this machine right here this service pro 4 and it regularly drops wi-fi connectivity like very consistently. And I know it's not the location of my house because the Surface Book sitting right next to it just fine on uh, 1511. And there's some other issues. <laughs> it blue screens at a phenomenal rate. But um, actually, I could not install the new build because it would blue screen because of a Windows issue. So I, that's why I was asking yesterday on the, for an ISO of the new build, which you can find on the internet, by the way. But yeah. So... That's what's going on. Slow ring. I'm not putting it on this machine I'm using right now. My desktop machine is still on 1511. I'm not putting that slow ring build on there. I've contemplated the new install, the new version, just because I really like that dark stuff. And I like a lot of the other features that are coming, but we'll see. I worry about crashing. So what else went on in the world of Microsoft this week? We got a couple other fun things to talk about. So Microsoft Cloud App Security has general availability. So Microsoft purchased a company back in about September called Adalum, and this is cloud-based security. So now Microsoft offers, uh, they have Azure, which offers platform as a service, infrastructure as a service, software as a service, and now they have security as a service through Adalum for cloud-based applications. Other fun things going on in the enterprise world. If this is news to you, you're probably up the creek without a paddle. Uh, SQL Server 2005 is ending support next week on the t April 12th. You should be acutely aware of that if you're running SQL Server 2005. Microsoft recommends you go to SQL Server 2014. Ironically, they don't recommend SQL Server 2016 because it's not quite ready, which I can only imagine was an oversight that they were trying to get ready for this uh, end-of-life date but it's only in preview in the recommended 2014 or Azure uh, SQL database or whatever the Azure equivalent is. Um, I know I talked about this on the show before, but I finally wrote it up, is Microsoft's missed opportunities with the Windows Store. If you go into the Windows Store right now and you search for Office 365, it's not there. It kicks you out to a web page. Search for Skype credits, it's not there. It kicks you out to a web page. Xbox Live, you search for it, it finds nothing. So it seems like they should have these subscription stuff. Somebody had mentioned to me that they promised this was coming with the anniversary update. I hadn't heard that, and not that I'm they're wrong. I just hadn't heard it. But all that stuff hopefully should be ingested. Now, I, I wonder if they'd ever include hardware. Like, should you be able to buy a Surface Book through the store? I don't know. I mean, this seems like a digital portal putting hardware assets in there, um, especially because they're quite expensive seems like an interesting idea i don't know if they will i don't think apple lets i don't think you can buy a mac through the app store of course microsoft doesn't call it an app store they call it the windows store so i guess i mean maybe they eventually do put all of their goods in there but yeah so other things uh last week i got uh, late on friday i got to go play with the service hub and i wrote that up about that on petri this morning it's the same hub 
uh, well, actually it's more expensive technically, uh, by about two grand, both SKUs, but it is now shipping. And I do know some people who have gotten notifications that their orders are being processed and it's their devices on the way, but yeah, play the service hub, same old, same old, although this is production built in Oregon, oh, uh, Oregon in the United States. So that's kind of cool that it's built here locally, but yeah, you can go check out that post. Uh, here's another big topic. So the Surface Phone, and and so I, I kind of question some of this. So Daniel Rubino at Windows Central is writing that the Surface Phone has been delayed, or whatever you want to call it, until early 2017. Now Mary Jo, to her credit, said, hey, there's no new hardware uh, coming until early 2017. I was able to find the exact same content because it was sent out in an internal email at Microsoft. And it's like, hey, you know what? Yeah, so... There it is. So, and then now Daniel's like, and I don't want to discredit Dan, but he's just like, hey, it's coming in early 2017. So he could be right. Um, I have absolutely no idea about where the Surface Phone stands because Microsoft's phone strategy is changing at a ridiculous rate right now. And he's saying that there's going to be three versions of it, potentially a prosumer, a consumer, and a business. I don't think that makes sense. I don't know why Microsoft has already had trouble selling phones i don't know why they would dilute the premium surface experience with three iterations of the same ish hardware um i i don't know i don't know why they would sell three different variations of roughly the same hardware now the interesting thing to note is that cabby lake intel's next low process power or low power uh processor is due in late 2016 so this could be aligned to the cabby lake which is also why we're not seeing any new hardware but more importantly about this, if true, that means we're not going to see any more Lumia flagships um, in 2016. Which, Windows Phone, I love you guys, and I love what Microsoft tried to do, but the writing is on the wall. Um, I mean, Mary Jo has given up on it. I think just about everybody is is moving to something else. And Microsoft itself, Terry Myerson was like, hey, it's not a priority for us for 2016. And... Um, yeah, Microsoft burned their their fan bridge there, which is unfortunate because I know a lot of people spent a lot of money on these things and they're not cheap and people can't just switch phones um, on a whim because they're like six, seven hundred bucks. So Surface Phone, potentially early next year, with the caveat of we don't know what else Microsoft is doing. Um, are they going to completely, I don't think they're ever going to completely abandon the Windows Phone, Windows 10 mobile platform. I don't think they can. And maybe that's their next strategy is just to push this thing out and see what happens. Although I can't, I don't know. I don't know what they can do that's going to make this such a great device that it's going to actually sell in a significant volume. Maybe the strategy is that it runs x86 apps and that's it. And that's why they're pushing for so hard for the universal Windows platform. They get the store populated. I, I really think this is maybe what they have to do, maybe they finally figured this out to realize this is how it has to work. If they can get their app store populated with a significant number of high quality apps that work on all screen sizes, then the Surface Phone is a much, much easier sell because, hey, it's the apps are already here. They're on the desktop and they work just like that on the phone and it's running um, universal apps and, you know, it syncs and all that stuff. And maybe that's what they need to do is get all this stuff solidified and then take another shot at it with some really cool hardware. Maybe, maybe that's what they're doing. I kind of hope that is true. So that's Windows Surface Phone, likely in early-ish 2017, which should align to new Surface Books, potentially new Surface uh, Pro 5-ish. 
So we will see. I have been asking around quite a bit about the Surface 4, and the last thing I heard about the Surface 4 uh, was that Microsoft was in testing actually with some external parties. Um, I believe they did this with the Surface Pro 4, and I'm still trying to figure out who these people are because they could be fun to talk to. But yeah, so Surface 4, still kind of MIA. It was announced around this time last year. I don't know what they're doing um, for the next iteration, but Microsoft's being pretty quiet. I know that they've locked down their Surface team a little bit further than traditional. So who knows? Who knows what's going on with the Surface 4? Nobody's really got anything on it, which generally tells me that it's a bit further away. Um, typically, we start to see some leaks, even kind of out of uh, DigiTimes type publications. We'll see certain things pop up, but none of that has really cropped up, which means uh, usually those publications get their hands on that kind of material around the time when it's in production because, hey, they know people on the production lines, but um, nothing yet. I get a lot of questions about the Surface 4. If you know, let me know, because we got a lot of people who are highly interested in it and are holding off on Surface 3 purchases. So what else? So Microsoft announced this morning that Project Centennial, Microsoft has released the desktop app converter, and this is an absolutely true story. Somebody could dig through my tweets and find it, but it was last week. Um, when Microsoft started talking about this stuff, I'm not even kidding. Somebody wanted to know when QuickBooks would be converted and put into the store. Yep. <laughs> I, I, I do not know. I don't, I don't know QuickBooks stuff. But I, I don't have any sources at QuickBooks. Um, so I don't know when that's going to be in the store. But now, in theory, with this new desktop app converter, you can do that yourself. Well, if they could do it. I don't think you could do it. But, um, yeah. It's supposed to be quite easy. Raft dug into it quite a bit. And... I think this is going to be hopefully Microsoft's best gateway to get these Win32 apps into the Universal Store. Other things announced. Uh, Microsoft's Hub Keyboard is now available for iOS. This has been, I believe, available on Android. And it's just an easier way that if you're talking in a conversation or chatting, there's almost like a mini file explorer type experience built into the keyboard up in the top rail. That's kind of a neat idea. And other things announced this week. Outlook for iOS and Android grabs, Wonderless Facebook and Evernote integration. So I love the Outlook app. I use it. That's my primary email app on my uh, on my phone, on both Android and iOS, uh, because it's not really available on Windows Phone, which is sad because it's a really good experience. Now, granted, Windows Phone has its own email stuff, but it's not the same app. Anyway, so... Um, you can now in ingest these uh, extensions into the store. I do still wish that Microsoft would break out the calendar. I don't like having my calendar in there, and I still use the default calendar apps on both platforms because I don't like opening my email inbox first and then having to tap on that icon. Whatever. That's a small complaint. But Outlook, if you've never used it, it's a fantastic app. It really, really is, and I highly, I highly recommend it. And so that's been most of the stuff this week. Take a quick chat at the class quick look at the chat room uh, see if anybody yeah, anybody has any questions just fire them away now um, other things that are going on next week so I'm trying to figure out what to do about the podcast last time I tried to do it I apologize again uh, last week's show volume was way low everybody was saying hey Brad your volume's low and I totally get it I didn't have well I wasn't at home and I tried to use the earbuds and everything else to get stuff started but, yeah, it didn't really work, and it was low, and I could have jacked up the quality um, post-show, but when I was listening to it to myself, which, let me tell you, that's a fun experience, it seemed okay, but yeah. 
Um, somebody asking an inappropriate question that, sorry, Fat Nubba Jones bus. Uh, <laughs> Alright, so the comments per typical uh, comment systems have gone straight to the gutter. And yeah, so I think we're just going to end it there. I appreciate everybody listening, and we will be back hopefully next week. Um, I'll keep you updated about what I'm going to do. And I want to try to record one in, well, I can guarantee you, if I'm in a hotel room next to Paul, I will guarantee you I will record it so I can be loud and annoying and he can't go to sleep. But anyways, appreciate everybody listening and watching and, you know, have a good weekend.